You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. Uh, like this is the problem is we don't talk to each other all day and then we 10 minutes before we're going to yeah, get, on we the pod, we get into like a serious discussion. Can I just be fully transparent and honest with you? Yeah, of course. You are like uh, really living in the fu- st- uh, personal finance world right now and I'm you like deep. rattle off like all of this really intense information that I don't understand very well. And I want to follow it, but I don't always do the best job of following well, it. Well, I also, I like... I just feel like most men talk about finance like they're experts until you actually ask them about finance and then they're like confused by finance. I'm good at saving money. I mean, right. That's it. I don't know what to do with it after that. But like when we As met- evidenced by me keeping like huge amounts of money in savings accounts that did nothing. And then putting them then all getting, into index yeah. funds. And then like having friends talk <laughs> me in to put them into index funds and then, yeah. Like I missed the wave of making tons of money on index funds and then I I really hit home on the wave of losing a lot of money on index funds. So that was sick. That's, yeah, that narrative is also just false. Yeah. There were massive highs on your funds when the pandemic was happening and you didn't sell. Yeah, but I put all of it in at the high point. Oh, you did I went all oh. in on the high point. Oh, you didn't buy low? Like if you had bought when we first talked about this while well, you were buying Bitcoin, yeah, you I would have made a fine. fortune. Okay. Yeah. It's like buying a house, right? I've kept being like, I'm going to wait for the market to cool down. I'm going to wait for the market to cool down. I'm going to wait for the market to cool down. And like, I don't have enough, no one has enough insight to predict when the market's going to cool down. Oh, for sure. I mean, I have a different opinion, which is that you knew you were going to buy a house. No, I didn't. We put buying a house on hold for at that time. And I had all this money sitting there. I knew that I was going to spend for... I had like a five-year span for when I was going to spend for college for my son. And so I stopped investing that money. Sure. Because I knew I didn't want to be in this psychological situation that you're in right now where you're constantly watching the market because literally all of your personal, your net worth is in like two instruments. Yeah. The psychology of how you do the your investments, like way more important than like the actual instrument. I agree. Well, I really wish I had that mentality, you know, like I just did, I, I look, I, I made the mistake. It's yeah, a mistake I don't I'm living ma- with and I'm totally fine. Totally. And, I, and honestly, it's not really a mistake. No, it's I not a mistake. I put my money in a lot of really safe things. I remember starting at and everyone would look at the stock price like it, they were gonna live or die on this month's well, Can I tell you swing. why, partially why I do that? Because I don't have any social media. I have no ability. I have nothing in my life that is like auto updating and constantly changing to like scroll on and look at other than like certain like stocks. Like that's really one of the only things I have to do that. And I'm not saying it's healthy by no means, but I definitely think it picked up a lot when I got rid of Facebook for sure. 
Uh, I, that's, I, that's your experience. Mike, I, I don't, I'm not on Instagram every day anymore. I'm not on Facebook every day anymore. And I never look at my stock portfolio. You don't? I still look at it once a month. Wow. I, so, okay. I thought because I do you not, were in the, in the personal finance game, you were starting to look at it a lot more. No. Wow. Why would I do that? I, I don't want to feel the swings of the market every day. I, I, I know where I stand once a month. Yeah. I, I'm doing a bunch of things right now to optimize my accounts and to move freaking money from like so you have four or one Ks over to like a single, you know, like I'm doing all of that kind of stuff, but that's not a I'm not like re looking at my position my position in the market every day when I do that. I'm literally checking right. boxes like yeah, yeah. this money got transferred. So I've been a little bit better. I've been looking once a day, especially because <laughs> Because it's got, it's just dark. Like I don't want it to ruin my day or make me feel like shit. And the good news is I'm very callous to it now of the ups and downs. So we had, we've had this conversation multiple times in our relationship, which is like, do we or do we not combine our finances? Yeah. I should probably just turn all my money over to you so you can manage it. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily even know if I want to manage your money, but I just, I, I, I think that like, I'm wondering if your position has changed. Like right now we do not have combined finances, yeah. but I would say we have, a, we're pretty much an open book. Like if you want to see my portfolio right now, I'll show it to you. I have no concerns. We also, neither of us are in debt. So it's also really easy when you're like, yeah. oh, you're not going to see a bunch of mistakes I've made. Like we don't have a TV in our house because you and I are amazing at watching TV. I don't need yeah. to have the opportunity to have debt because I am not good with debt. That's all to say, we don't share finances in a literal account level. Do you think, how do you feel about that at this stage of our marriage? So the funny thing is, is that like I had always felt like what we're doing now is the way it should be until you convinced me of the like merits of combining. Sure. And like this, like you had like a very philosophical, psychological approach to it. And I like, bought into it. And then when we got married, we just didn't combine. Yeah. And I think it works fine for us. So yeah. like we, we have open communication about finance and we could probably, we like, and we have, I think plans to be more open and talk more about it and plan together. We both make about the same amount of money, which is really helpful. Like that, all of that stuff really kind of bodes well for our situation. And if we find ourselves unsatisfied one or the other, then we we're both open to combining whenever we, if we needed to. So I think yeah. that's kind of a, the way to be for us. Would you have different advice for like another friend or family member if they said like, should I combine? There would be obviously those variables and I'm not like a personal finance guru, so I'm not sure why or why not they this should. Is, we are not experts. I think right, that yeah. our audience knows like we're <laughs> fresh out title. of experts. Yeah. Um, uh, what I would say is you can either not combine them or you uh, can combine them. I think the most important part is to be on the same page about how we as a couple use our money, how we spend our money, how we save our money, what our goals are for the future. I think those are probably more important than like what the actual operations of the accounts are, right? Like a really scary thing for me always as a single person was like to marry someone who just wanted to spend like wildfire and didn't give a shit about saving. Yeah. That was terrifying. Much more so than like uh, our bank accounts. It was someone who's just like, let's live it. Like, let's just buy shit all the time and never save for things. That freaks me out. Yeah. Because I'm so opposite than that. Yeah. I think we have a lot in our column of sort of safeguards from this becoming 
a potential detriment to our marriage. And I, but I do think it can be a huge detriment to marriage. The the combining of accounts or just finances in general? Finances in yeah. general. Yeah, of, co- oh, of course. I mean, that's the number one reason why people get divorced. Totally. Like and infidelity, so- Facebook, and... Uh, <laughs> Finances. Why is Facebook a reason why people get divorced? I don't know, but that's like, uh, like that's like a new millennial thing. Is that like Facebook is in, is cited in like seventy five percent of divor- divorces? But- I, I, I honestly, I don't even think it's Facebook's fault. It's just people like it. You could say cell phones, right? Like people going through their significant others' things and seeing oh, messaging and infidelity. Okay, but that's infidelity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, that's not Facebook. That's no, not Facebook's fault. It's just the way they discover it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's just, that's text yeah, messages. And, well, I guess like I guess like uh, that's that's infidelity. Being connected to your ex girlfriends or like if you do not have equal. Okay, no, I'm like not having you make a ton of noise because you have an axe in your hand and you keep. Hitting. I was just going to put it down. Right, right. Unbelievable. Now we have, we have, he's drinking and he has an ax that he's like playing with while we're on mic. Like these are, would be our off limits, but I, he is How not How dare you playing. air my personal business on the podcast? We, that's all the podcast is, is our personal business. User Pineapple Lover 6913 writes, I'm living with 25 years of dead bedroom. The wife, female age 45, does not like penetration, gets nothing from it, but will occasionally do it because she knows that I, male, age 46, like it. Her preference is oral sex, and I love giving it. If PIV, do you know what that means, Andy? Penis and vagina. There it is. Is offered, I have to be slow and gentle but I've learned to come pretty fast. Long story short, it's been five months since having PIV sex, so I'm getting pretty desperate. Six weeks ago, I was able to convince her to let me go down on her. My thinking is that if I can get her off doing something just for her, that might lead to some better receptiveness to PIV. I started slowly and tried to pay attention to her signals as to what was feeling good. She mostly seemed frustrated and was moving my head around and whispering instructions that I couldn't hear. She is very concerned that the kids will hear. Other than that, she was pretty much silent until she eventually asked me to stop. I told her I could keep going or try something else, but she didn't want to. I was very disappointed and frustrated as I wanted to make her orgasm, but I tried not to show it and she has the right to want to stop. Since then, I've constantly been thinking about what I could have done better or differently, hoping I'd get another chance sooner than usual. That chance came a couple of nights ago. It was pretty much a repeat, except after she asked me to stop, she let me penetrate her for a few minutes. I was right on the edge when she said it wasn't feeling good and asked me to stop, which I did right away. It was physically frustrating, but she hadn't orgasmed either, so my frustration was mainly that I had failed to get her off again. Cut to yesterday. She could tell I was upset and asked what was wrong. I said I was frustrated by what had happened last night, and I didn't understand how she could not be, coupled with what had happened six weeks ago. She said, why would I be frustrated? I came two or three times in both instances. While I was happy to hear she orgasmed, it filled me with frustration that she doesn't care if I orgasm or not, even as she is having multiples. 
is it unreasonable for me to be frustrated by the situation? Should the fact that she's having orgasms change my perspective? Okay, what what do you think is going on between this couple? It's like they're totally on different pages, right? One thing that they he slid in there is that she's really worried about the kids hearing. So it sounds like she's really not being demonstrative when they're having sex, which I think is understandable why he's not like getting the signals or seeing that she's coming. And that's why he like is feels like left in the dark and isn't sure what to do next. And she's not talking and communicating it. So I think he's totally justified to be like a little frustrated and not know where it's going. But like, how do you rectify that? That's a challenge. I want to like go back to like their whole bedroom experience. Not just like, yeah, of course, I think you're right. But we're talking about a relationship where a woman does not like to have vaginal intercourse. Yeah, that's hard. Does like to have oral. Okay. But he does not mention that he ever gets oral. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. So I just want to like, it's like from the get go, if somebody was, you know, if OP was here, I would just sort of want to ask some questions around how did we land on sex as this scenario? If, as, you know, sex as just cunnilingus. If we're to read this and, and you could, I think, uh, read it in a way that says like pretty much their sex life is her getting cunnilingus. Yeah. And that's, like, and him getting uh, infrequent penetra- penetrative sex that can stop re- re- at re- any reluctant penetrative sex. reluctant le- penetrative sex that can stop at like at any moment. Yeah. So like, I I think he has the right to be frustrated on a much bigger level than the fact that like his wife seems to be orgasming without giving him any indicators. Yeah. It's, I don't uh, think that's yeah. a healthy sex life. No, I mean, I think, I think we're, we're in a bad space. <laughs> We're in a bad spot. Like it doesn't, I mean, it also doesn't sound like the wife's enjoying it that much. Like, and I think, you know, if somebody came to me and said like, I don't enjoy vaginal sex, if I'm in a committed relationship, like I think it's really important to be able to like really understand that and explore what that, what the roots are of that. If it's physical, if it's emotional, if it's psychological, if it's combination. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, like I would want to know why and I would want to explore it and understand it. Yeah. The, it is incredibly important, I think, to say here, yes, if your partner doesn't want to have sex in the way that you want to have sex, like that is off the table. I don't think that that's, yeah. we're not trying to say she needs to get over this. I would think that that would be both parties' duty to have a much more integrated conversation, right. not a one and done, not a, I, I, we had sex, you know, for a while and this didn't work for them. But like, really, like, how do we work on this so that both parties feel like they are truly heard and like their needs are truly up on the table? Right. And that like we've come to a conclusion that like that doesn't work for us. So we are experimenting with other ways to do that. And that experimentation is uh, something that like is honoring both people's needs. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I think there's. So many more options than just like we either have penetrative sex and luckily, hopefully I come before she's tired of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can jerk off afterwards. You could do all sorts of stuff. Like from a guy's perspective, like there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, your w- wife or girlfriend or whoever saying like, hey, I'm tired. This isn't feeling good. Why don't you finish yourself off? Yeah. As a man, it sucks to have sex and then not come. Like I have to say, and I'm sure as a woman too, but yeah. just for me, I know that it like, it, it like feels like a pent up thing all of a sudden has been introduced and like, 
you're not going to feel better until you go. Communication, right? Yeah. Communication's not happening in the bedroom, but it's also like not clear communication doesn't seem to be happening outside the bedroom. Yeah, I agree. I think there is like a, I, and look, I know what it's like to be in a relationship where you like kind of get into your routines and you don't like- Our relationship. Like you- I, You just get into your yeah. routines and you don't necessarily talk about things and ask questions and like you don't get curious and you don't explore what else is what what the other possibilities are you just like get into your routine and like you do it the way that it's you've been doing it it doesn't hurt to like break out of that mold and try and kind of open up the lines of communication Let's listen to a Redditor. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what their take is. This is a good one. The Redditors, in my opinion, were garbage. Sometimes they are. They're not all. They're not always good. One, there were not that many people who who gave their advice to this wow. guy. It is a hard one, but I think that's like what's so lonely about sex questions and sex problems is that it's fucking lonely and no one wants to well, talk about subje- it. They're also so subjective too, you know, like they, I think every relationship question is subjective. I think true. sex is one of the most important. We just talk about finances. Sex is one of the other most important yeah, and often debilitating yeah. things in a relationship and to not be able to talk about it, like as casually as talking about, you know, whether or not I should send 401ks. Yeah. 401ks or good morning or good night texts. Like it's much less trivial, but that's why you should talk about it. Yeah. The one thing that I saw trending in these comments, of which there were not many, is a lot of men going, God, I've been there, man. Which is so sad. <laughs> sad a lot of dudes like, fuck, well, they're this on one hits the home, dead, man. They're on r slash dead bedroom. So <laughs> there's a lot of like frustrated, sexually sure. frustrated men on there. R slash dead <laughs> and then, And then there were um, people giving advice that like, honestly, I will not read online or on this because I, I just, I really, truly don't want to even give it airtime. Wow. Not like, not terrible, not like a, a, like a victim blaming, like he's, he's doing something wrong. And so, oh. you know, and it's just like, like, you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's kind of, it's cruel and unkind. Yeah. Um, and then this, this line of feedback, which came back in multiple so ways. So this is one of the. Mu- multiple yeah. ways, but was the most succinct, succinct. You or user X, Y, L, O, X, Y, Z replied. She lied to you. <laughs> so do you think that the OP's wife lied about her orgasms? Uh no, I actually don't. I think she's just really quiet and non-demonstrative, which can happen. Can can I also say something like guys are always told like, "Oh, women are faking orgasms left and right all the time." I've had plenty so many times where a woman's just like, "No, I have an orgasm." That like I do truly feel like most of the time Women are authentic when they say they did have one. Listen, it's not pleasant to not fake an orgasm with a man. Most men I've been with who I have said, I'm not going to come. They get hurt want feelings. to or- make you come. And you're like, like uh, this is now uncomfortable. The window's Way passed, more yeah. like than if I just let you think I came. And that's my- I per- actually under, I totally understand yes, that. That's my personality, like as a, in the way that I want to like people please. But like, that's definite, like, I probably wouldn't do that now at this stage of 
obviously our relationship, but obviously dating if I were not in this relationship because I have a ton more confidence and self-assuredness. But I think that there's a lot of like, often in early in my life, it was like, I don't know what to really do in the bedroom. And I don't really know how to make this feel better for me. And I'm not really comfortable saying, honestly, like, this is what I need for me. Yeah. And like, again, I think honestly, if you're with a partner who's like sensitive, you learn how to be able to say that to each other, which I think we have had that conversation. I've also been with a lot of women who are just like, yeah, I don't go easy. Oh, and I've, then I've been how with many women are we talking about? Plenty. <laughs> and I've been with a lot of women who go super easy. Who goes who goes super easy. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way we're supposed to talk about it, yeah. but all right. They're like, hey daddy, I'm about to pop. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so proud of yourself. That He's gonna funny. laugh for like another ten minutes over that one. <laughs> Uh yeah, I might. Yeah, still smiling. All right, we're ear back. To ear. We're back. No, it's you're ten not minutes back yet. <laughs> it's ten minutes later. I laugh for a full ten minutes. At, at we had to like pause the that pod. That was pretty goddamn and start funny. Over again. <clears throat> uh, it's uh, first of all, it's always beaten to our head that it's like hard for women to get off, and that you're not like you're supposed to be like a generous lover, and like I think there, there's also so much like uh people are insecure about coming too quickly and there's like a lot of societal pressure on people who prematurely ejaculate so like guys don't want to be that right yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. like a sign of being like a virgin or whatever there's like a lot of shame and confidence and things like all of this stuff swirling around that make it the bedroom like more loaded than yes pers- even personal finance yes. or you know other things so I don't know that many times where it's like, I'm like, damn, I didn't get her off. And then she's like, oh no, I went like three times. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I so the, think- So like, I do understand where that would be a little confusing. Something doesn't pass the smell test to me on that. I believe that you should go into the bedroom and into conversations with people that you're in a sexual relationship with trusting and believing the way that they're expressing both their needs and their experience. Sure. Like I'm not, I'm not having like five minutes of cunnilingus and then having three or four orgasms. Like that's a, I just think that that's really strange scenario for a person who's also like very rarely interested in having a sexual experience with their partner. And so like, I just, I'm wondering if there is at least maybe some padding to that number or some of the things that I may have done in my early sexual career, which was like to make the problem go away by trying to comfort that person into like, it's not really a problem. Telling them what they want to hear, yeah. What do you think OP should do? Explore with her what her, what she likes, what she doesn't like, what her desires are, how frequently, all of that stuff, right, that we discussed. And then work within those boundaries to figure out how you can get your rocks off too. I'll be totally honest. If you have had 25 years of this type of relationship, sexual relationship with your partner, I don't think that what you're asking for is going to happen very easily. I think that's happened. And she said, I don't want PIV. I don't mind having oral. I don't want to give you oral. And I don't want to do it very often. And don't be loud. And don't talk to me about it. Because I don't want my kids to hear. Like, I'm saying to you, I think that this person has already done that work. So what do you do 25 years into a relationship? I think we're on the same page then es- escorts <laughs> <laughs> no, you I have really no, I, I have, you like had that one in the back pocket as soon as you were like this is a sex one how many no, sex I, I mean I think maybe like a sec- like a, a therapist that specializes in sexual relationships is probably the only place I think it can go and, and to your point she may not be that interested in that that's hard 
what can often feel like intractable problems in a relationship, sometimes it is a slow but important burn where like, I don't want to use like sort of off topic conflicts in our relationship, but like this last year, we've had some conflicts that like don't get resolved very easily. And they've come back up into our marriage cyclically. And my frustration has been like, like I have said to you multiple times, I'm frustrated, not that this conflict is coming back up, but that there doesn't seem to be any movement on your side to solve it. Yeah. And that is actually more offensive or painful for me than the actual issue, which is what I sort of think that OP is experiencing, which is like our sex life doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to have PIV every night. Like we can have alternative ways of getting to us both being satisfied, but I'm not satisfied. And I do want us to explore that. And it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. And it doesn't mean sex therapy for the next two years. But like, I need you to give it some thought because I don't think I can just stop having this be an issue for me. And I I will be hurt if like that is like a place that you're unwilling to go with me. So what is your recommendation then? Like, what's the tactical? I think you sit down with your partner and you say, hey, that conversation was hard for me. It was hard to hear that you had 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 a pleasurable experience and I didn't know while we were having that experience. And then it was hard that I didn't have that pleasurable yeah. experience so like, and you didn't seem to care. Just like we always talk about, like, come with how you feel. Come with how you feel. Come with your emotions, what, the, what that brought you. Yep. Be open, be vulnerable, and just see what happens. Totally. And I, if, I think that's definitely a good first step for sure. And I think that you have to be in the dance that is partnership, which is that this person may not receive this well. They may not be as invested in the conversation as you. There may be a lot of avoidance or even like confrontation around it. And like, if this is that meaningful to you, like, I think you have to step back and say, I, I'm going to like accept that you're not ready to have this conversation, but I, I can't not have this conversation. So when you're ready to have it, I want to have it. The alternative is you continue continue bearing it, and you can say, yeah. "Hey, I don't care that much about being in a sex filled relationship. I I I would rather be married than have this need be met, and that is yeah. absolutely okay." I do think it'll spill over into other areas of your relationship I too, mean, and help help in other areas that you may not even think about. So totally, there could be some really good benefits. Uh, yeah, I and I, I just when I say slow burn, I mean like I don't think there's an easy solve for this one. It is hard. It is hard. So I, yeah, I mean, even for us, I think we're both pretty open about that stuff and like i i like i'm not like super ready to like engage in those kinds of conversations all the time and state my needs and ask you what your needs are like it's not that easy it's loaded i do think there is a plan b in this situation okay what is it you light some candles (laughs) oh god you draw a bubble bath okay and you crank down and like you're you may just have to make like really elaborate masturbation rituals from here on out <laughs> that's like true. really treat yourself there don't you just like quickly <laughs> don't, get rub the job done. Yeah, don't just like dry rub one and like, you know go on and, a date yeah. with yourself yeah go on a, a like a romantic date with yourself again we are a broken record couples therapy would be great like going into situations where you have to like you have to have the conversation and you do it in a therapeutic yeah. setting I, I think that would be great i think great. that is good yeah when i was i was at a hot spring like i don't know a while ago eight years ago and there was a couple there. There was like a group of friends. I was with a group of friends. There was a group of friends. And there was one of the women was talking about how she had like issues sexually and she couldn't orga- achieve orgasms during sex. So she went to like a sexual therapist who was like a guy who would like manually masturbate her until she achieved orgasm, like long, intensive 
medical treatment. Medical Have you ever heard grade. of such of this? Have you ever heard of something like no, this? No, I've never. I mean, I've heard, I guess like there's that Helen Hunt movie. Oh, the classic <laughs> Helen Hunt medicinal masturbation film. Yeah, right. Don't you remember that the one? Canonical? No, I've never. I don't know what it is. God, is it what women want? <laughs> that is another fantastic Hunt flick. The Huntiverse is that? That's part of the Huntiverse. The Sessions. Damn. Okay. See that. I mean, so, this is essentially what this lady was talking about. The Sessions is a 2012 American erotic comedy drama. It's based on a 1990 article on titled On Seeing a Sex Surrogate, a poet paralyzed from the neck down due to polio hires a sex surrogate to lose his virginity. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And the surrogate is the one and only Miss Hunt. When you when you heard that, was it like, were you shocked? Was it what, are you bringing that up because you were shocked that that was even an option out no, there? No, it or? just, it was like, I mean, it just, it it was like a it, I I thought about it because it was like a medical intervention for sexual issues and I just because of these folks problems like no P and V like is it some blockage is you know what it what is it is there like a way that like you could use some sort of therapy to well, overcome that I don't I think know. there's a lot of there's a lot of sex therapy out there that you don't need the therapist to be doing it you know what I mean sure, like sure. a there's a ton of th- sex therapy out there where they will help you just like build confidence and like exploring your own body and yep. like, but, and just, like and just give you a place to talk about it like any totally. other relationship issue and, and I mean, like honestly just maybe couples therapy where they could talk about this amongst other i things. mean if i can be told I, I definitely think therapy for the couple would, would be great but it sounds like she might need to just like you know be like okay yeah. i my relationship to sex is not one that's like satisfying yeah, my partner and, she- and it doesn't seem to be satisfying me and like the here are the boundaries and the expectations i have and like I don't know if they're serving me. So great. I think, you know, another thing learned at the hot spot. <laughs> I also did recently, recently at the spa, oh, I God. met a woman who's a professional cuddler. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't tell me that. I swear I did. <laughs> okay. So what did she talk about? How did, like, did you actually discuss her profession with her or did she just mention it? A little passing? bit. I asked her some questions. She definitely said that like uh, business picked up big time in COVID. She was relatively new to it. She just, Holy shit. she really loved it. She's like, she's just said like, she's a super cuddly person who loves to even like platonic cuddling. She already enjoyed that. And mm. then when she heard that was a thing, she like was curious. And then just like over time, I think she like may have lost her job. She also said, that I think she had some health problems too, which made it hard for her to work a traditional job. So it sort of just aligned and she like started working for an agency that contracts you out to people. To cuddle. For cuddling, yeah. Yeah. I want to know everything. I want, let's have her on the pod. <laughs> I'd love to. I don't know her name. She was a twin, which is pretty funny. It was her and you her. You know tw- a lot about her, her, and her without twin, knowing her name. Her and her twin were at the spa together. It was pretty funny. Okay. The twins like hang out together, Andy. Um, all right. I think we've, I think we've done the best we can for you, OP. We wish you the best. Yeah. No, I, you know, I wish him the best. I mean, what else can we do but wish them the best? It's a tough situation. And like you, I, like, I really do agree with you that it is like something that's going to take time and energy and thought. Come with openness. Tell her what you're feeling. Yeah. You're, you're obviously frustrated. And whether it, you're allowed to be or not allowed to be frustrated, I don't think is that important. But what is important is you communicate that. You kind of have to look at where do you want to be in the next 25 years of this marriage and yeah. start building those tenants back into this relationship. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? 
I am reading a new book that I enjoy. Another book recommendation. Yeah. You know what? That's my preferred medium or media. So uh, it is a friend of my sister and brother-in-law, a good friend. Charles Fiore has written a couple books. I'm reading one of his books right now called Coyote Loop. It is about a bonds trader in uh, Chicago during the uh, crash of 08. But it's really more about his personal life. But that's just the backdrop. Um, it is a novel. It is. Uh, it's so far. It's really good. Great. I would like to promo audiobooks. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like podcasts almost. I have heard about these. I okay. No joke. Have been wanting to listen to audiobooks for like a decade. What was stopping you? Let's just say this: for the first like ten years of trying to download Audible, I couldn't figure out how to use the app. Really? I'm not even joking. Like I work in tech and I'm a very tech savvy savvy, person and I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. So I just like kept abandoning it. And then I just like one day was like, why am I using Audible? And I went to Apple Books and fucking check them out, folks. Get over the hump. (laughs) If you haven't. I don't know why. Like I, I know it's so stupid. I know it's so stupid. I know I'm like acting as though this is a new thing, but I am listening to The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. This is one of those great ways of like really understanding what your blocks are from a psychological perspective. So if you feel like you're not getting the most out of your financial life, I would recommend this book because I think it'll make you feel both better about not being good at it. And also it'll actually help you see clearly like what you need to do. Read the book or listen to it. Listen to the book. Listen to the book. Well, yeah, this is fun. We should do this again. Let's do this again. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a podcast network dedicated to sound inquiry. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is I Don't Mind It At All by Rambutan. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.